Hello everyone, welcome to Make Chris Happen, and today we've got an interview with Joshua Shea. Can you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. My name is Joshua Shea. I was a pornography addict for 24 years. I have since been clean for eight years, and in that time, I have become certified as a pornography addiction coach, a trauma coach. I've written four books about pornography addiction, done a TED Talk, and I also travel to schools like colleges, churches, libraries, and speak about uh, pornography addiction. I see. Okay. Can you um, tell us about your career journey? Yeah, it was quite interesting. I'd never set out to be like this. I was uh, going all the way back to being a teenager. I was hired at my local newspaper when I was 17 years old in their sports department to write for them. And I absolutely fell in love with it. So the first 20 years of my career, um, I was in journalism. I worked as a newspaper writer, a magazine writer. I worked my way up to editor. And then eventually I started my own magazine company. Um, and we had three different magazines that we created for the northeast part of the United States. Um, while I did that as well, I was uh, also a city councilor in my town. Um, so I was a politician and I did create a large film festival. So I was very, very busy. But one of the reasons I stayed so busy was because I didn't like to have downtime. Because when I had downtime, that's when I looked at porn. That's when I also drank too much. I was an alcoholic. Um, so I tried to stay busy with my career all the time. If I could be busy 24-7 doing professional things, um, I didn't have to worry about my addictions. But we can't all work all the time. So um, things got, you know, as, as addictions happen, it got worse and worse over time. And eventually at the very end, the magazine company, I was one of three owners. I ran it on a day-to-day -day basis, um, but I was only one third owner and, uh, my drinking had got so bad and I was, you know, not sleeping because I was watching porn all night. So my, my work really suffered. And eventually my two partners fired me from my job. And that was a real wake up call that I needed to get help. My family also intervened um, and demanded I go get help. So I first went to inpatient rehab for the alcoholism. Um, and then uh, a little while later, I went to rehab for the pornography addiction. And I truly learned about trauma and about why I became the way I was. And it was all very fascinating to me. You know, as a, as a journalist, I love research and I love to learn things. So I learned as much as I could about this addiction and about addiction in general and about trauma. And as I kept learning, I decided it was time to write a book. So I wrote my first book, which was kind of an autobiography uh, memoir type book in, I think it was 2018. Uh, might have been 17. I think it was 18. Um, and that got a big response from people who had never heard a story about pornography addiction before, or they were a porn addict, or they were the wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband of a porn addict. So I started to get a lot of messages from people. And I realized that, you know, there was something there. 
And I didn't want to go back to the world of journalism. I didn't go, want to go back to the hustle and bustle that I had before. So I was doing a lot of freelance writing, a lot of projects. And uh, I started to learn more and I started to write more. And when the pandemic happened, I realized that I wasn't going to get paid to go give presentations anymore. And I needed that income. So I, uh, I got... Uh, certified as a coach in a couple different areas so I could begin coaching people. And I've been doing that now for a little over two years. And that has absolutely been my favorite thing I've ever done. It, it feels so great to help people with both the knowledge that I have and the experience that I have and to see people, you know, get better and see people believe in themselves and see people develop that confidence. It's absolutely uh, the, the, the most powerful, wonderful thing I've done. What advice do you have for the audience? As far as pornography or as far as professional? Uh, as far as like overall, like professionalism. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, as far as overall professionalism, I think for almost my entire uh, career, I was able to hide my addictions. Um, and I never really brought my family life into the office. Uh, and when I was the boss, when I did the hiring, when I dealt with people, I, I looked for two things. Number one, I looked for passion. Um, I wanted people to love what they were doing. I wanted people to feel like they were owners of what they were doing. I didn't just want a bunch of workers who had their heads down and were, you know, typing away and not paying any attention, not feeling like they were part of a team. So I always, number one, looked for somebody who really matched up with the job very, very well. If you can have passion for something, you can be taught the details. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you went to a local college or you went to a Harvard or an Oxford. Uh, if you have passion, that really makes a difference in your job. And then the other thing is that uh, you're able to leave your personal life at the door when you have to. Um, I understand people die. People go through divorces. People have problems with their children. All of this stuff does come up and you have to account for it. But I think that uh, people, especially these days, are so wrapped up in their own lives and are so wrapped up in drama for no reason that uh, you've got to uh, you've got to leave that at the door when you come into work. I don't want to know about problems with your husband or your wife. I you know I don't want to um, you know debate politics with you i don't want to do any of this stuff we're here to do a job you need to be able to leave that stuff at the door so th that would be the two things i would say the most is you know love and have a passion for what you're going to do and uh just remember that your personal life is your personal life and not everybody needs to know about it i see all right so for the first and short question it's going to be um, let's say if you woke up tomorrow and you had your all your experience on the journey, but everything that you built upon in your life was gone. How do you go about rebuilding that? Uh, well, I hope it would be faster this time because I understand my audience. Um, what I would do, the first thing I would do is I would get on TikTok. Um, or you know, the first thing I would do is I would set up a web page that had my email address and uh, you know other contact information just so people can find me. And so I have a web presence. 
the next thing I would do is get back on TikTok because that's where I find most of my clients these days. Uh, I've got almost 100,000 followers. My videos have been viewed, I think, over 30 million times. And uh, when I uh, when I open up my practice for more clients, they almost always come from TikTok. So if I'm going to make a living and that's the, the ultimate thing you need to do is remember that you have to take in one more dollar than you put out. Um, and so I would do that first because that's how I make my money. Um, after I had that in place and was making my money, I would probably uh, go back and, and look for an agent who could book uh, appearances for me at colleges or other places. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know a lot. And I don't want to learn that business. It's better to pay somebody 20 or 30% of what I make to do that for me. So that would be my next thing, again, to keep the money flowing in. And then I would, uh, between coaching and appearances, I would try to do more writing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I don't think it would be too difficult to build back up to where I am. And that's ultimately because I don't have very much competition out there. There just are not many people who want to talk about porn addiction, especially those who have been porn addicts. So I'm very rare in this area. And that's that's an important thing if you're starting any kind of business is to understand what your competition is. Um, if, if your competition is meeting all the needs of an area, you aren't really necessary. For instance, let's say you live in a small town and it has two pizza restaurants. And if that's all it needs and you open a third pizza restaurant, nobody's going to show up because the demand is meeting the need. Unfortunately, or for me, fortunately, the demand for help in pornography addiction is so, so large. I could be, I could be coaching people 24 hours a day, seven days a week and still not see the same person twice in a month. That's how bad the need is for this. So I'm in an area that does not have much competition. Um, and that absolutely is going to increase my chances of success, um, despite the fact I am in a space where I help people, where I am a practitioner, where I do try to make their lives better. It still is a business at the end of the day. And uh, thankfully, with with very little competition, um, I can keep the money coming in and I can help people. So it's the best of both worlds. I see. Okay. For the second question, what's one inspiration quote that you live by? Uh, it's uh, probably my favorite quote is by Frederick Nietzsche. And it says that that which is done out of love takes place beyond good and evil. And what that means to me is that sometimes you have to make very difficult decisions. And sometimes you have to make a decision that might look like it's, it's negative on the surface, or it may look like it's hurting somebody. But if you're doing it for the right reasons, sometimes you have to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. And uh, if that right reason is love and you have to do something that might hurt somebody, uh, if you have the right reasons in mind, it, it's okay. Hopefully they're not. Hopefully it's good. But uh, 
There is no good and evil when it comes to love. I see. Okay. For the third question is, what's one book that has been inspirational to you? There are two, really. If you're talking about fictional book, um, I would say it is uh, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. Um, It's the story of a guy who was raised on Mars and then came back to Earth. So he's a human, but he has some of these, he has some powers that the rest of us don't have. And he becomes kind of famous. And it's how he deals with the fame of being different. Um, it's, it's a really, really good book. I've read it a couple times in my life. And I think I read it when I was 18 the first time. I read it when I was 30. And then I read it again about two years ago. And every time it's meant something different to me. So I really love that as far as fiction goes. Uh, as far as nonfiction goes, I think one of the best books ever written is called The Power of Habit. And that author is Charles Duhigg. Um, it is the best book to explain uh, repetitive behaviors, whether it's a habit or an addiction or a compulsion, it explains exactly why we do the things that we do and uh, what the reward systems are, how to change them. And not just with the individual, it also looks at society and how society you know, acts as a group and has habits as a group. So it's absolutely fascinating to understand uh, cycles and routines um, within people. So I, and I think it can teach everybody a lot about themselves. So Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg would be the, the book that I would tell everybody on earth to read. I, if you could go back and change anything in your career, what would it be? Um, you know, at this point, I'll tell you, I don't know what I would change. I loved doing, I loved running that magazine business, uh, where we had three titles, but I was actually getting tired of that. Um, and I was ready for a new challenge. I'm one of those people who I love to build a business. I love to get an idea. I love to get people excited about the idea. I love to get things going. But once things are running well, I kind of get bored with them. So I'm always, I, you know, if I look at my entire life, I've always been involved in multiple projects. Um, so I don't know if I would change anything about that. And I have to look at the fact that what I'm doing now today is helping people. I'm making enough money to survive. Um, I feel good about myself. So um, I, I would love to raise my rates a little bit. I would love to have a, you know, I would love to uh, make a little bit more, hi there, uh, make a little bit more money at this, but uh, there's not a lot I would change because if I changed anything, I might not be where I am today. And where I am today is I don't use porn. I don't drink. I'm very healthy. I feel better than I have, you know, since I was a kid. Um, and I, I like where I am. So I don't think I would actually change anything for fear that I would be less happy than I am now. I see. One more question and then we'll wrap this up. Sure. What's one subject that you've done in the past that kind of has been the most useful to you? Honestly, I think that some of my sociology and psychology classes I took have been the most useful because whether you are a publisher like I was or a coach like I am now, or whether you are a plumber or a fireman or a policeman or a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor, the number one most important thing 
that you need are good communication skills. Can you explain to somebody what it is that's in your head, whether that's in writing or whether that's out loud? Can you get ideas across to people? Because ideas are what change this world. Ideas are what move things forward, not just in the workplace, but in the political world, in people's personal lives. You, If you can be a, a good to above average communicator, you're going to be fine. I remember when I, uh, when I was very young, 17 years old, working at the first newspaper job I ever had. And there was a guy there. He was probably 50 or 60 years old. He had worked all over the world in newspapers. And he said to me, you know, kid, if you know how to write and you can write in English very well, you can get a job anywhere in this world. And he's absolutely right. And I I recognize that because I have lived in places like Tokyo and as a writer, and I've been all over the world. Um, If you can communicate well, that's the skill that's going to send you further than anything else, whether you're communicating with your boss, whether you're communicating with an audience, whether you're communicating with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your mom or your dad. If you can be a good communicator, you're going to go so much further in this world. And I think I learned a lot of my communication skills in the psychology and sociology classes that I took when I was in college, even some of them when I was in high school. I read a lot, so I read about communication often. And I think that's really the key for us to get our world back on track is to figure out how to communicate better with each other. Thanks, Joshua Shea, for um, being on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it very much. And I just want to let everybody know, um, if you think that you have any issues with pornography addiction or any addiction in general, um, go get some help. If you're asking yourself if you have a problem, you probably do. Uh, Call somebody, get some help. And the other thing I want to let everybody know who may not be an addict is that you cannot spot an addict, uh, a porn addict especially. Very easy to hide unless you're looking for it. So um, I have met men, women. I've met people as young as 14 and 15. I've met people as old as 75. Anybody can be a porn addict. Don't think that you're immune. Don't think that your child is immune. Don't think that your partner is immune. Anybody can be that way. So I do want to thank you very much for letting me come on your show. It is an honor. Okay, so this will be the end of the episode now. See you all in the next episode, guys. Goodbye.